This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Love Sport. Good evening. It is the Crystal Palace Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. Miles Blumsom here, joined by the guys from the Back of the Nest podcast, DR Kernaz and James Howard. Bit of a mixed week. Saturday, great result of the Etihad. Two all against Manchester City. A late, late Fernandinho own goal after Crystal Palace had led for so long. Aguero with those two late goals for that. We thought the dream was over, but we just about got the draw. And then last night... Not so good against Southampton, losing 2-0 at Sellers Park. So it's been a little bit glum in the studio so far. So I want to start with the positive stuff. Manchester City, what a result. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. And Roy's really got the best out of Pep in the last couple of games now. I mean, away from him especially. So that was a positive to see. Um, we defend well as a team. And the game suited Roy's tactics. He doesn't really change it about. So it helped us in a way. And... It was it was kind of heartbreaking when they scored the second Sergio Aguero yeah. and we thought that we was getting nothing out of it as we deserved at least something out of the game. And the last minute goal, of course, from well Wilfred Zaha's shot was a Fernandinho own goal. It was it was fantastic getting a point out of City away. Yeah, so, no, I, te- I I tend to agree. And it was a bit backed against the wall, sort of you know towards the end of the second half. But to be quite honest with you, we could have gone two three nil up. Mm. Um, and that would have made it very, very interesting. Uh, it was that type of game. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I was very disappointed in the end not to win it because we were less than 10 minutes away from winning it. Um, uh, but then again, then you feel like, well, that last minute goal, it just, you know, it's a roller coaster of emotions. But you think, well, yeah, OK, we'd, we'd have taken a draw at before the game. So we're happy with that. And a goal for Tosin as well. Good start to his Palace career. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about him last week saying how he had only had a day before he played against Arsenal and now he's had a week under him. He had a good performance against um, against Man City and, I mean, his link-up play, the goal was brilliant, mm. but I think his link-up play, which I liked the most out of it, was the fact that him and Zaha was, was just getting along so well and it's not only him and Zaha, in fact, Ayu as well, the front three was absolutely fantastic and the fact that they were playing like that after one week of training, it was so encouraging to see and you only want to see how they play in the rest of the season. Uh, Zaha, for me, showed why Crystal Palace fans love him so much at the end. That driving run down to the byline, down the left-hand side, not giving up on it, even though those two Aguero goals are gone. And, and you know, some players and some teams would be demoralised by that, but he picked it up, he took them on himself, drove to the byline. That ball across was fantastic because Connor Wickham was there, Fernandinho had to do something and it was between his feet. I do feel slightly sorry for him because it's a difficult mm. one. You've just got to throw something at it and hope for the best. And it's gone into the back of the net. That's the that's the Wilfred Zaha that Crystal Palace fans have fallen in love with. Yeah, and he tweeted after the game, you know, never give up. And that's what he's, he's like. That's his mm. spirit. He never does give up. And, you know, he, he seems to think that, that that's, that's how the whole team mentality is. Um, 
it's just we're very lucky to be honest with you it was an own goal and and it but it was a great great bit of play by Wilf but sometimes you know that's why I'm a little bit concerned that we you know maybe sit back a little bit too much um and rely on the one goal because it doesn't really allow us enough time if if the opposition get another goal and we have to sort of you know really counter-attack we haven't got much time left but basically um it is they have got a good attitude um they did have a very very good good game um and i felt that um overall Although they Man City did dominate us, um, we had the chances to win, you know, by two, two or three goals. What was it about the Palace performance that impressed you the most, Dr? Because going to the Etihad is not easy, and to lead from the majority of the game is not easy, especially with the attacking talent that Man City have at their disposal. What impressed you most about the Crystal Palace performance? Is the fact that we were organised for the whole ninety minutes and playing playing. Against teams like City, you just have to make sure that you keep your shape and don't do any mistakes as they can punish you, as we saw, especially in the second half. So for the majority of the game, we managed to keep our shape and everyone was on the same page, which was very important in terms of getting a result. As even if one player is off the page, let's say Wolf and Tosson up front, if both of them can't link up well, then it could be a whole different result. So you need to make sure that everyone was playing well and they did. Were there any other players that stood out for you, James? Um, yeah, I, mean, I I felt the whole team did really well. I I thought uh, James Tompkins had a had a really good game. Apart from the second goal of Man City, uh, he was uh, responsible. I felt for that one. But apart from that, I felt uh, he had a really good game. Uh, Tosin was was kind of my man of the match. I thought it was the best debut I've seen in a player <laughs> for Palace for a long time. Um, like Dr said, you know, he held the ball up well. I didn't really see him put a foot wrong I mean you know unless you're saying well he should have scored when he had that fantastic touch of the ball and mm. and and maybe shot it a bit too close but but I thought he had one of the best debuts we've seen in a Palace shirt is James Tompkins underrated well not from Palace fans I feel like maybe from outsiders I think everyone at Palace rates him pretty much um the fact that we got him for 10 million pound and Checo Kiate similar 10 to 15 mm. is, is fantastic business by the club um him and Sacco before Gary Cahill joined the club both of them when they are fit they're absolutely fantastic and sometimes it goes a bit unnoticed we, we see at Palace I mean we praise them both when they are fit and playing but I don't really see other clubs really talking about the pairing of James Tompkins and Mamadou Sacco or James Tompkins and Gary Cahill even against the result against City people were talking more about Wilfred Zaha and Tosin whereas if you look at as James said um, the defensive pairing I feel like they contribute as much as the trio up front did then there was Tuesday. So last night, 2 0 mm. <laughs> at home. Southampton, two great goals. Let's not take anything away from the Southampton goals. They yeah. were fantastic finishes. For Palace, it's just this is the difference at the moment, isn't it? From those top teams and Crystal Palace, because they can go to one of the top teams and play so well. And then three days later, just get it completely wrong against a team like Southampton, who, yes, are on a good run, but shouldn't be causing as many problems I, I felt violated watching my team play <laughs> honestly I've never I felt embarrassed against Brighton um, especially in the first half but that was a violation the fact that we were playing Southampton and, and not Barcelona which it felt like at times it was just it was just ridiculous it I think from- it's, it's sad because you know it was a very very cold night you know you've got pretty much a full capacity crowd from where I was standing yeah. uh, maybe a few season ticket holders couldn't make it because it was an early kickoff, which I found a bit unusual because mm. normally we kick off at 8 o'clock and there's a few complaints around the ground saying oh I could just about get here on time I think that needs to be addressed going forward why Why are we doing 7.30 kickoffs? we used to do 8 o'clock a lot of people work in London a lot of people live outside of London they need to get there on time it's not easy mm. um, very cold weather Put a lot of people putting a lot of effort to go out there to watch the game um, and you know the team first half sometimes we are a bit slow to get going we definitely were last night and I think if anything Crystal Palace fans get really really annoyed when the effort's not there mm. um, it's, we, we appreciate that we haven't got the money we haven't got maybe the quality that other teams have we do appreciate all that and we are I think we're a very patient crowd you don't normally hear a lot of boos that's for sure um, we don't really get on our players backs we try to support them and I've I've seen Palace fans support support the team when we've been losing and but the efforts there I didn't really see 
the effort there. We were very, very slow to the ball, very, very slow to the, the second ball in the first half. And then the second half, I thought we came out really quickly and we looked as if we were going to turn it around. But unfortunately, we, we, we you know, the sucker punched the second goal winning and they were two really identical kind of goals. They were right, sort of, you know, too much space in the midfield, just outside the penalty area. And they were cracking goals, but, you know, are were we unlucky because they were cracking goals and most weeks they wouldn't have been scored or were we poor because we didn't pick them up and defend now I personally think that we, we if we had Luka Milivojevic in the team I think he would have snuffled those out and I think he would have been in there because he commands that midfield and he's very very disciplined and he sits in there and he sees what's going on and he, I I feel that you know okay at worst we, we, we might have given away a free kick but I was very disappointed overall, yeah. I think the goals, I understand where you're coming from, but even even the goals itself, maybe if we had Luca in there, as he said, it would have been better. But the whole performance for the 90 minutes was, we just didn't deserve anything out of that game. I mean, Southampton was that much better than us. It seemed like we were a championship side facing a Premier League side. The way they, they were pressuring us and we couldn't actually do nothing about it. And it's no surprise that Southampton approached this game like that because that's the philosophy under Hassan Utul. It hasn't worked before, but now it's working and they haven't changed their about. So the fact that we were so off the pace and the it's not even it's not even off the pace. They, they, you have players like Gyro and Wilf where Gyro's looking for options and Wilf's not there or vice versa. It's just it was just so shocking to see. It's like we this was not a football club and this was just a bunch of individuals playing on a Sunday night. Could have been so much different though. Shank Tosin, who we've been giving so much praise mm. to for the Manchester City performance, the miss. Wow, clean through to just absolutely sky it like that is not what you pay money for. Exactly, yeah. It was it was a very very poor miss. Um, but I mean, even before that, we were horrible. It's just uh, if he scored, maybe the game might have changed. Who knows? Looking at in hindsight, I doubt it because for the whole ninety minutes we were poor and Southampton were a different class. But of course, he has to be hitting that at least on target, which he didn't do. However, you can't really go at the player after the performance he had on Saturday. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he should have done better. I agree. Were there any positives from the performance? I, I've got a couple of positives. Gaeta's still putting a shift in. Uh, but questionably, he wasn't really at fault for it to two goals. <laughs> they, were, they were screamers. Yeah. Uh, Gyro Riederworld is, you know, consistently giving us a really good performance. I don't particularly think he was at fault with uh, any mistakes or, or not, not defending particularly well. Um, I... I you know, Gary um, Cahill still had a, had a good game. Um, so I, I still think there's some positives, but I'm really, really concerned about, you know, how, w whether it is, as Roy Hodgson says, it is, you know, due to the fact that we've had, you know, so many games in a short space of time and a few injuries and the, the team are tired, etc., etc., or whether we should be questioning Roy and saying, well, no, Roy, it's down to you. Everyone's in the same boat. All the other clubs have got injuries. They've all got, you know, I think a um, couple of games a week over the last month. Um, you need to motivate these players and you shouldn't be, you know, we, we shouldn't be allowing our fans of 20-odd thousand to turn up on a very cold winter's night to, you know, pretty much watch the players walk around on the park. Are managers too quick to blame the fixture congestion because... Roy Hodgson's been managing the Premier League for a long time. He knows the game. He knows the deal. Should because you, you hear it from the Guardiola's, you hear it from all sorts of managers, Steve Bruce as well, because it's causing some injuries potentially. But these managers know what they're in for when they sign their contracts. Is it too easy? Is it too easy an opt out? Is it too easy an excuse I, for a poor performance? I think it is because at the end of the day, you know, a lot of managers after that performance would have brought on substitutes straight at half time. He doesn't do that. He delays things. He doesn't make a decision that easily or quickly. And, and I felt there was a great opportunity to to bring on maybe one or two players straight at half time. Say, look, this is unacceptable. Uh, you know, we need to change things. We're going to take a risk, but he doesn't like to take a risk. OK, we're going to talk more about this after the break. Just to give you score updates around the Premier League, Leicester beating West Ham United 1-0. Harvey Barnes with the goal for Leicester, but they did do that on Saturday and then go on to lose. Tottenham have taken the lead against Norwich at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium as well. Delhi Ali with the goal there. Up next, we'll keep talking about these two games, comparing what went right at Manchester City and what went wrong at home against Southampton. This is the Crystal Palace Fan Show. Miles Blomson here on Love Sport. For the fans, by the fans. 
Love Sport Radio. Love Sport Radio, Miles Blumsom here in the Premier League games. Leicester City 1, West Ham United 0, Tottenham Hotspur 1, Norwich 0, Manchester United Burnley just kicking off at uh, Old Trafford as well. In We are doing the Crystal Palace Fan Show, though, live across the UK on Love Sport Radio, going absolutely everywhere. Get us on to DAB. Tell your friends that this week Crystal Palace is national. Now... We've been talking about the game against Southampton because after such a mammoth effort against Manchester City to pick up the point late after conceding two late goals to go behind was incredible. Chris Palace almost went and ruined it for the fans by losing at home mm. to Southampton. We were just talking about fixture congestion and about how for managers this can be used as an easy excuse for these types of games. And DR, you wanted to talk a little bit about fatigue as well. Yeah, I've seen it. Like players and not players, I've seen fans saying how fatigue may, maybe might have played a part, but I still see that as such a poor excuse. First and foremost, Southampton played a game on Saturday. Okay, they wasn't playing against Man City, but they're playing against Wolfside. And yesterday we saw South, we saw their football. They play more demanding football than we do. So physically, they, I feel like there could be more damage going into this game. Plus, it's another away game, so. That's that's one excuse out of the way, and also mentally fatigued. You look at Southampton's game on the weekend against Wolves; they they were two 0 up and lost three two. So that could take a massive toll on you as well. I feel like all these excuses that we're making for this absolute disaster of tactical, it was basically down to tactics, tactical um, masterclass from Roy. Um, it's just poor. It's, it was down to tactics. Forget about the fatigue. We're in the same boat, or maybe they were in a much much worse position than we were. And yet we're still trying to look at oh the tactics oh that it's it's not it's not it's not about um not about fatigue it's all about tactics. You think because the Man City game is a huge effort and I know it was Southampton at home against Wolves but Southampton did play that well they had a fast start and then they sort of phoned it in a bit and lost three two. Do you not think coming off the back of a huge performance against Manchester City, fatigue can come into it? Or perhaps, you know, the players, are st- their heads are still up in Manchester thinking that, you know, they're, you know, um, too good for Southampton. I don't know. You know, maybe they just thought, do you know what? Yeah, we can we can win this. We can just, just plod on and, and it won't be as difficult as Manchester away. Uh, you know, mentally the attitude's not right. Uh, it's a cold night and they're just sort of thinking, well, yeah, OK, you know, we can win this 1-0, 2-0. And, you know, Southampton were off the blocks far quicker. Um, but then that's where the manager has a responsibility in getting into the, the mindset of the players and making sure that they are, you know, up for the game motivationally and that they ensure that, you know, they do uh, try every game. And I think that it's this so such a pattern of games under Roy where you know where we you know put the effort in and and play really well and and we sometimes get the odd shock result and then the next time we play it's like oh okay well what's happened here we're not really on the ball we're sitting back too much we're not trying hard enough um yeah it's just it's disappointing because it's just a bit of a roller coaster ride of of that kind of uh yeah, experience. In the game at the King Power, Leicester have just taken a 2-0 lead. Ricardo Pereira with the goal on the stroke of half-time, just heading into half-time in the first two games. Manchester City Burnley has just kicked off. I'll just read you Roy Hodgson's comments after the game yesterday. So he said, I think it's more of a question of we've had this period where the same 11 have had to fit to fight through games, some quite tough games. I think it's caught up with us a little today. I mean, some of the fans are saying Hodgson out. What do you make of those comments? And is it fair to say Hodgson out? I, you know, from the outside looking in, he looks like he's doing a good job. Well, first and foremost, you look at the quote. Who is that down to? I mean, the fact that we've played the same eleven. Hmm. It's down to the manager. So if he knows that this is the case then why is he not rotating the squad? And yes, we have had injuries, but you look at the bench yesterday, all right, maybe Max Meyer's not fit, but Pierrick, he looked decent in the two games he's played, maybe put him on. I'd rather have Pierrick playing than a 50% Wilfred Zaha playing or something like that. I'd rather have a full fit squad that will go out there and give their all rather than players who are knackered and can't play. There's no point. We saw it yesterday. There's no point forcing players to play when they can't play. Do you not think a 50% Wilfred Zaha is still capable of that moment of magic that you might need, though, that maybe some of the younger players don't have? But he got pocketed yesterday. He was in James Wood-Prowse's pocket, and that hurt more than seeing, let's say, a Pierrick come on and let's not have a good performance. I'd rather see Pierrick on than Wilfred Zaha have a performance like that. I think it's difficult. Um, I think we certainly miss Townsend quite a lot mm. because when Townsend's playing, you've got Wilf on one side and Andros on the other. 
and you know you you had at one point in the game I saw about five players just just around Zaha and I thought he's not going to get anywhere yeah. um, but when, Zach, when Townsend's playing and all those players have to think about Townsend because he's got skills as well Yeah. Um, and uh, so it, there's a bit of balance there and you know Luka Milivojevic is a very very uh, solid reliable player as I said earlier so there's a couple of very key players that, that aren't are missing or injured or, or or suspended but like DR said there was still you know there's still two or three players on the bench and it is Roy's responsibility to um you know to to utilize the squad if he feels that you know he should have had a chat with them and said look or maybe he did maybe he had a chat and said look is anyone that's suffering and that won't give me a performance on Tuesday night because I need to know because you know the game's coming up quick and it's going to be a tough one and maybe they all said no boss I want to play had a good game at Manchester and he thought yep I've got to stick with that team what do you think about putting in Sanctosin with Jordan Ayew being shifted out to the right hand side Ayew's been your top scorer this season been one of your best players there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery you in order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com it's not the best for his confidence and is it going to get the best out of him I think he's he's a good technical player. I mean, I didn't see Jordan Ayew being this good with his footwork. So he can play out wide when it comes to it. But even yesterday, we were relying so much on pushing the ball to Wilfred Zaha, which Southampton already knew. And then we had Jordan Ayew, who we didn't really utilise as much. It's just down to, uh, who, do, who do you blame that to? I mean, yes, the players are playing on the pitch, but surely the manager has to go out there and say, at half time, look, play it to Jordan as well. They, they're looking at Wilfred Zaha purely, so play it Jordan, give them something else to think about. Jordan, now you can play out wide. I don't have no problems with that, and it did work against Man City. It's just my problem is that we didn't really use him as much yesterday as we should have. Okay, fair enough. With two wins in 15 games, still four points off fifth. Seven points off the relegation zone. Which way are you starting to look? Well, I don't think it's been too bad. I mean, I've, I've written a few notes down here. I mean, Losing, uh, that's probably the biggest disappointment so far of the season mm. last night, Southampton losing them at home, because the only other loss at home we've had is Leicester, and they're a pretty decent side, Leicester. Um, at home, we've had draws against Brighton, Everton and Wolves. Well, Everton and Wolves are arguably good sides. Um, and then we've picked up draws at Arsenal, Watford, Southampton, Norwich and Manchester City, which is brilliant. We've got some very, very good games coming up where we can pick up a lot of points we've got Sheffield United Newcastle Watford and Burnley at home we've got Brighton Bournemouth Villa and Wolves away they are games where we can pick up some decent points so I think with this break of a couple of weeks get the whole squad back have a good rest I really think we can we can get some really good points in the, uh, over the next uh, couple of months and you think you can push up the table I think we can. Um, I'd like to think that Roy will be a bit more positive with the players coming back into the team and having hopefully Andros will come back sooner rather than later. Um, but there's some definite, definite winnable games there, um, especially at home. And I think we can pick up a few, maybe a couple of wins away from home as well. Yeah, I think players coming back will help massively. And this having having the game, um, having a rest this this weekend is going to be massive as well because we need everyone back. We saw it um, after all them games we played against the likes of Liverpool, the Cities. We had winnable games then, but we still didn't manage to pick up as much points as maybe we would have liked. Going Norwich away, another I was there that game. It was a poor performance. So you can maybe blame the injuries, but players are going to be coming back soon. So it is on Roy to actually get the best out of them. But in terms of actually right out of the club, I don't think so. I feel like there's a bigger thing that people are missing and that's the management, um, the ownership up top. The American owners, it seems like they want out of the club. So they're not really providing enough uh, finance into the team. So there's no point bringing a new manager in if that's the case. Yeah, and to the same extent, this is the first season where 
it's not really been mentioned the relegation zone. We've not really been mentioned about mm. Palace thinking, oh, we're this far away, or we're looking over our shoulders, or we need to win this game to stay safe. That is a step in the right direction, though. Yeah, normally we have the first half of the season, we really struggle, don't we? Or yeah. we change a manager, <laughs> yeah. panic stations, and then we suddenly splash out 30 million on a Benteke or something, second half of the season. Well, we haven't had that. We've had a really good first half of the season. We still had the odd, odd injury. Um, Zaha hasn't been anything like last season, but we're still, you know, we're still doing pretty well. So, you know, all it takes is, is Wilf to have to hit a bit of form, get a few goals. Um, and then, you know, we. As I say, going back to your point about, you know, some fans wanting Roy out, I don't want Roy out because as far as I'm concerned, okay, last night was a really, it was a very bad result, very bad performance. But unless you get probably about three or four of those in a row, then you'd start questioning the manager. Well, we're not. You've got to accept that there is going to be that type of performance maybe once a season unfortunately mm. I think there will be mm. um, and it is very disappointing but that will happen once a season and as we said earlier um, in the other room we you know look at what happened to Southampton a few weeks ago exactly yeah, so it, it will happen. But fortunately, we didn't get hammered 9-0. Yeah. Yeah. Well, every team, apart from Liverpool, apparently, goes through a bad performance. You can look even at Manchester City losing against Norwich. Tottenham have had plenty this season. Man United have had a load. It's not abnormal for a team to have a wobble every season. And, you know, to be fair to Crystal Palace... There's not been many of them this year, and normally there's a few more games like this where you go, "Oh, this that was a bit of a shocker." Yeah, exactly. It's only normally the first half that we tend to talk about where we have a bad first half and the second half we improve. I think the Southampton one, why people are frustrated, is the fact that it was the whole ninety minutes, and we haven't yeah. seen that so far this season. But it is a, it is a weird season. The, the the first thing that I looked at yesterday was how far are we from the relegation zone? And it's only seven points off, and it doesn't feel like it because we've done so good. So. Overall, I just feel like Roy will get us the results to keep us up, which is the most important thing. And we're not really in a position, as I've said, to go and get a new manager and try to go on to the next step. You just mentioned that seven points. Mm. It's not just seven points. And, and I know it's been a weird Premier League table where teams can jump five or six places in two weeks. But looking at the teams below Crystal Palace, Newcastle, Burnley, Brighton, Aston Villa, West Ham, Everton are there as well. Bournemouth, Watford, Norwich going all the way down the, the table. The points, seven points is great for a start, but having that number of teams, that volume of teams between you and the relegation zone, you can't see all of them putting enough points together to jump you now. No, and you've got that magic 40. I think you were saying you were yeah. seven points away from that magic 40. So I'm quite comfortable that, you know, we're going to be we're going to be OK this season um, because of where we are already. And we've put the groundwork in for the in the first half of the season. So um, it is a tight, tight, you know, with apart from maybe the, the top three or four, is a, is a bit of a tight league. So um, it's an interesting league, but uh, I think you're right. There's so many clubs below us um, that uh, it will be uh, be amazing if, if we lost every game now to the end of the season and ended up getting releg relegated. Palace, Palace are safe. Come on, Palace yeah. are safe. Here we go. We can end Champions this. League football. Yeah, next exactly. End this section with some positivity. Next, we'll talk transfers. There's been... A few comings and goings today. There's been a few rumours out as well that I want to dissect with you, what you're liking to see, what you're maybe not so keen on. In the other games around the Premier League at the moment, Leicester City are winning 2-0 at home to West Ham. Tottenham are leading Norwich 1-0. Rangers in the SPL are beating St Mirren 1-0. Jermaine Defoe with the goal. The Rangers fan show will be on at 10.30 now on Love Sport Radio. Changed because of the game. The rival Celtic beating Kilmarnock 1-0 as well. Edouard with the goal. It's half past eight. This is Love Sport Radio. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. Welcome back to the Crystal Palace Fan Show with myself, Miles Blumsom, and the Back of the Nest podcast. DR Kernaz and James Howard here with me. If you're just joining the show, welcome. We've talked about the games against Man City. Great draw at the Etihad and the loss. Poor loss at home at Sellers Park to Southampton last night. Now we want to talk transfers because there's been a bit of news today. The first thing that I want to talk about is Scott Banks, who signed from Dundee United, a young player, 18-year-old. Looks like he's going to go into the youth setup. What do you make of this? Does he look like one for the future? Uh, 100%. Um, he's only, he can play as an attacking midfielder and also out wide. Um, so that's a positive. <laughs> you need more attackers in a club. But I don't really see him playing much because 
even before he joined Palace, he's only made 19 first-team appearances. He's played around four games for Dundee United and went on loan to Clyde and played around 15 games there. So he hasn't had that much first-team appearances. So I feel like bringing in a talented youngster is, is a good move. I feel like we'll see him play for the under-23s and hopefully if he kicks on there, hopefully he'll get a loan move in the summer where he can play in one of the lower leagues. Just want to read out some of the quotes from uh, Scott Banks. He's called the move a no-brainer, said there's no bigger stage you'd want to play on than the Premier League. Uh, massive, a big step up coming from Scotland. And when you hear about the interest from Crystal Palace, you want to pursue that and push myself to the highest level. So it was a no-brainer that this was the place for me. James, when you hear that, does that fill you with confidence that this is a guy that really wants to play for the club? Yeah, I mean, he's very young. Um, so, but it, it's, you know, it's, we speak the language down here. We, <laughs> so that's a good thing. But, uh, <laughs> he's not two million miles away from his home. But, uh, you know, as DR said, you know, it's going to be difficult for probably him to break into the team. But he could ha- he could be, you know, very, very talented um, and, and make a debut as a, as a substitute. I mean, you know, there have been some, some players that we've had taken from Scotland in the past and some have been good, some have been bad. Um, I mean, I, I liked um, John McGinn, who went to Aston Villa, and mm. he's turned out to be a brilliant player, and Celtic were after him. And, you know, if, if he's anything like a John McGinn, I mean, obviously he's a lot younger, but uh, there are, certainly are some really good players up there. And um, I wonder whether Roy, it was Roy's influence or is it Dougie Friedman's uh, influence that, that's that a good thing. brought him in? I was, I was going to say, I feel like it's way more than Dougie Friedman's influence. I mean, Roy, even after the City game, he didn't know about Tosin. That's what he said. <laughs> yeah. So I guess he's going, I doubt he's going to know about Scott Banks from um, Scotland. I feel like this is a Dougie Friedman transfer. Yeah. And I feel like it's happened at the right time because I honestly don't see him playing much under Roy Hodgson for various reasons. As we've seen against Southampton, he doesn't even play our youngsters such a Pierrick. So there's no chance really of him playing Scott Banks anytime soon. Soon. Um, I could see, I could see him developing under Roy. However, when a new manager does come in, when Roy leaves us, I feel like that's when his Palace career will really start. And I feel like it's the right time to really get him. Only a couple of injuries before someone like Scott Banks will have to be looked at. You just mentioned Pierrick. Will he come in below him in the pecking order? Do you think? I don't think so. Even with the injuries we've got. I- guess it can't be any worse than what we have right now with the injuries and Pierrick still doesn't get much game time that's why I, that's why I just I just don't see uh, Scott Banks coming. he's just too young for Roy he's, he doesn't he hasn't got much trust in youngsters um, as we've seen at Palace so 18 years old and going above Pierrick in the rankings I doubt it he doesn't like to take a risk does he Roy and he will you know he'll be thinking oh no he's too young and uh, yeah I agree it's, it's, it's going to be uh, a couple of years you know in the academy um maybe loaned out um, but who knows I mean you know let's have a look at him see what he's like and um, you never know Speaking of young players who have maybe had a chance mm. but are being loaned out you just mentioned how Roy doesn't like to give players a chance and might loan Scott Banks out Sam Woods has been has been loaned out to Hamilton Academical until the end of the season um, he played in the FA Cup lost to Derby is this a player that you can see coming back to Palace and forcing his way into the first team? <sighs> I'm not too sure in the Premier League, I'll be honest with you. I mean, he's a good footballer, don't get me wrong, but is he a Premier League level footballer? I, I think that's I'm, a good move, though, because that's a tough old league up there. Yeah, yeah, 100%. As for a defence, I think, because um, I think there was talk of him going to either a championship side, and I think the McCarthy and MacArthur sort of persuaded him to go back to yeah, his, yeah, their Hamilton. old club. And, um, you know, when you watch, I mean, I don't really watch a lot of Scottish football, but yeah. when I do, it is a real battle, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that's what he needs he, and I'd rather him go up there and, and get it really into the mix and, and, and have some really tough games maybe for a season and then he's going to be coming back a much stronger player much more experienced yeah. and maybe he'll get a, he'll, he'll become like a really good player yeah I, I love the move but I, in terms of whether he can play in the Premier League I'm not too sure but no. I guess we'll have to see when he comes back but I feel like it works out for all parties however let's look at the bigger picture of under 23 players why is it that only Sam Woods has went out on loan and what's happened with Kirby, James Daly, Mitchell. These players are talented. I mean, we have seen it. We've we've heard big things about them. They shouldn't be playing under 23s football. They should be playing competitively. And it's just a, really a shock to the fact that they're still at the club at, and we're edging towards the end of the transfer window. What's going on? Yeah, I guess um, that we pay them more wages than maybe championship players get or Division 1 players yeah. get. So, You've got to say that they haven't got the experience and you've got a team that's in a lower league or a manager in a lower league. It's got to take a risk. He's got to pay the wages. 
haven't got the experience so it, it's a, it's a chicken and egg situation isn't it really it's a difficult one is there an argument for they're training with the first team every day they're potentially learning how Roy Hodgson wants to play so if they are called in and they do play for the side that they're versed with how Crystal Palace play as opposed to going on lo- on loan to another club learning a different system coming back in and maybe not fitting I feel like with as we talked about Sam Woods going out on loan yes they do play competitive football but they, it's a more of a mental challenge as well people don't realise but you're living by yourself in a different like Sam Woods instead of living in London is going to be living all the way in Scotland which mm. is which I don't think is as glamorous as London <laughs> so I feel like that's going to be challenging for him <laughs> and overall I just feel like these players should get out of the comfort zone I feel like they're at the comfort zone right now at Palace and they do want to play and do we see them playing under Roy Hodgson not at all we haven't seen I think Kirby's been on the bench a couple of times but they're not going to play regardless of how many injuries we get I feel like Roy would rather play himself than play one of the youngsters the only thing I would counter argue is that we've got our coaches here and they're being coached you know if we've got stronger coaching than they have up in maybe Hamilton, for example, mm. then you would say you'd want the player to remain in our club because they're being coached to a, maybe a better level. And also, we can't just get rid of every academy player because we we wouldn't have a team. So we've got to have that background and support. So I, I kind of understand that some do need to get the experience, um, but I don't think it's a bad thing that they do stay with us. Um, yeah, I, I, but I, I'm I'm with you. I think we sh- Roy should try them out though, some a bit more. But he I won't. Really do that's that's the thing. He <laughs> won't. And, and and I feel like yes, training is good if they're training at with us, of course, and they're learning the system. However, I feel like at the end of the day, it's what you do on the pitch and for the ninety minutes that matters. And they're not getting that experience. That's the most important experience for me. Um, actually going out there and playing football competitively, which they're not doing. I mean, who under 23s football, that's not competitive. That's not really... And plus, we're not Cap 1 Academy, so they're not playing against the best opposition in that category. So what's the point of them actually staying at the club? And Richard Shaw, before he left the club, he seemed upset with the situation. He thought that maybe more under 23s could go out on loan. And I don't blame them. I mean, they should. They shouldn't be here. You think that's good life experience as well as football experience? Yeah, 100%. I, I've, I've actually had a couple of mates who went out alone and I hear stories about their electricity, for example. It's like, it's just yeah. mentally, like you just mentally have to change your attitude towards maybe football and it kind of opens up. You have to be like, wow, I have to actually make sure that I'm grinding and, and I have to make sure I play top, top level football because I don't want to be at this level. I want to go back to Palace and make sure I play regularly. So I feel like it's good. West Ham have just pulled one back at Leicester City. Mark Noble with a penalty on 50 minutes. 2-1 there at the King Power. Just to change tact to some of the transfer rumours. Big rumour today, Nemanja Nikolic has been linked with Crystal Palace. They are joining a list of clubs who are interested Mm. in him. For, he's, la- he's a free agent. He last played for Chicago Fire in the MLS. So just, just if you haven't heard of him, which I'll be honest, before today, yeah. I hadn't heard of him. <laughs> he was the MLS Golden Boot in 2017. 51 goals in 96 appearances for Fire. He's, Hungari- he's a Hungarian international. In his previous club, 40 goals and 54 appearances at Liga Warsaw. Now, they're good numbers, but are they at the right level? Yeah, first of all, 32 years old. I mean, we've already got an agent squad as it is. So getting another 32-year-old striker, is that really the move that we should want? I mean, even if James Daly is not ready for Premier League football, I'd rather he goes out there and he plays rather than a 32-year-old who is not going to add any benefit to our team. And also, um, we've got someone in America who actually does a podcast. He's called Patrick and he's he watches MLS football occasionally. And he says that, He's not he's not a bad footballer, but there are much better footballers in MLS. And you look at MLS compared to Premier League, it just shows that if he's not up there with one of the best, then is a move to Premier League going to help him? And is he going to be able to help us? Do you think an MLS striker is going to be improvement on the current crop, James? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I think we've got enough strikers now. We've getting Tosin in. Um, I think what it it does it. I mean, these rumours. I mean, it just demonstrates that we just haven't got any money to splash out. Yeah. We were always looking at free transfers, and now we're looking at you know not free transfers in the UK, but we're looking at free transfers from America. Uh, you know, and we were saying earlier about you know this. There's you know you're paying for loan deals these days, and I think everything we do. Um, you know the latest signings this this youngster um, that's that's not going to have cost us a lot of money mm. um, Tosin's obviously costing us wages but it, I, I mean I, 
I don't know how much he's cost us as the loan deal. Did you? There, well, I haven't seen that, but there, there normally yeah. is a loan fee yeah. these yeah. days. So, so you know, I know we're going to come and talk about it, you know, with with the owners and and the American owners and that. But it just screams out to me that there just isn't any money there, and I quite get that because you know we we don't have the sugar daddy uh, owners as as most <laughs> yeah. of the Premiership have. <laughs> well, what about the Wambasaka money? That's what I'm confused about because we did actually get. Uh, I think a portion of it, at least um, early, uh, which was due in the summer, um, there were it got reported in a club account. So, what's happened with that money? I'm I'm very confused. I, I think a lot of that money is still available because they were saying we just couldn't get players over the line in the summer, and and that was why Roy was disappointed. You know, not getting a striker over the line, and um, so, uh, but you know, all the they say that all the TV money goes on wages, yeah, uh, it, and there's not much left to spend after that yeah I just I've, I think it's around 80% or 70 mm. to 80% of Palace's mm. um, TV money goes on wages but I just I, I mean we'll talk about it in the owner section I guess but it's just interesting maybe the club just don't want to back Roy as they don't see a future in him and they might want to keep that money for someone else who comes in in summer a player you'd have to splash the cash on is Carl Walker Pieces Tottenham have slapped a £15 million asking price is being mm. reported on the young right back it's an area that you need to strengthen 15 mil for Cole Walker pieces. He's not overly proven in the Premier League. He has had some games, but is that good business? Uh, I just, uh, it's. I can't really say it's bad business because we need a right back. But then again, 15 million for him. I, I, I'm not too sure, honestly. 15, 15 million pounds is not a lot of money these days if he turns out to be a regular right back, put it that way. Yeah, well, it's not much money in the Premier League anymore, is it? No. So if he ended up, you know, being a regular right back and, you know, him and Joel Ward were pretty much covering that position for most of the season, then that I'd say that's. And he's young, isn't he? So it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's worth it, you know. Uh, and I haven't seen enough of him to, to, to say whether I think he's worth it. But, but at, that, at that price, you're going to be really stuck you know struck to get somebody else you know for that sort of price we need a replacement for Martin Kelly though he's not right back even forget about yesterday's performance in general he's just not built as a modern right back he hasn't got the pace he's just he's a centre back in the Premier League and we do need one but that's the thing it's like Tottenham are playing smart because they know that we need a right back however I still you say in Premier League for Premier League clubs that shouldn't be too much but we're looking at for example an MLS free agent for strikers it shows it shows how tight we are with money even 15 million could be a lot for us but i just i just don't think we should pay 50 million for him honestly we we struggle to spend the money because i think we we i read in the press again recently that we the reason we we didn't get the russian striker in the summer was because we weren't yeah. prepared to spend 25 million well i'm not being funny you're not going to get many decent strikers for less than 25 million and he's scoring a lot of goals i know it's a russian league yeah. but a lot of those russian teams are in are in champions league that's channel from CSKA yeah. we're talking about yeah, yeah yeah and and i'm thinking well you know 25 million but I think that they, they felt they got their fingers burnt with Sorloth because he cost about 10 million or 9 million just I think. one final point on Walker Peters I feel yeah. like at the end of it Tottenham might be forced to give him out mm. on loan because it feels like he's playing mm. no he's having no game time at Tottenham so he might have to force a move through and I feel like the like club a are loan doing of first yeah, refusal yeah. sort of yeah, thing yeah so yeah. I feel like that would happen so there's no point in paying 15 million unless he wipes at the end of the window Mourinho definitely doesn't fancy him mm. another right back being linked is Rafael de Silva of course former Manchester United right back he's now playing at Lyon he's fallen behind Kenny Tete in the pecking order now you might say this is an aging player he's only 29 years old he is but Rafael that feels I feel like I was a kid when I was watching him play um I I mean he's I haven't seen him play recently I'll be honest with you Mm. um He's been playing Champions League football for Leon in the last few years. I mean, Joe Ledley was playing Champions League football for Celtic before he joined Palace as well. I feel like the Champions League football, we can get carried away with it at times. Um, we do need a right back. I guess if we can't get no one else, then why not give it a try? How much? Do you know how much for reported? I haven't seen how much. Yeah. There's not been a reported price. It's just uh, he's been offered from what I can tell yeah. to Palace so Brighton Palace and Southampton mm. so it looks like he might be heading back to the Premier League yeah I feel like both uh, talking about Southampton Southampton were linked with Walker Peters as well and you mm. saw it yesterday James Ward-Prowse he was playing right back mm. um, so they need a right back as well so it feels like it's going to be a competition between us and Southampton to get one the thing is you don't want to miss out the other team to sign them and then for them to go on and do really really well mm. up next let's talk about the state of the club in general uh, whether you think that Palace is in a healthy place where you think it's improving and who you think to blame if it's not. It's 8.48. This is Love Sport, Crystal Palace fan show. We've all got one and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. 
Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. It's the final 10 minutes of the Crystal Palace fan show on Love Sport Radio. Myself, Miles Blumson, joined by DR Kernaz and James Howard of the Back of the Nest podcast. Let's talk about Crystal Palace as a whole. Sitting 11th in the Premier League, established Premier League club, I think we'll say now. They've been in the league, what, five, six years. Um, are you happy with where Palace are right now? Yes, I am. I feel like if you're looking at, of course, our position in the Premier League, the fact that we haven't really looked down at the relegation zone, I think it's a fair position to be in. I still feel like, of course, as a fan, you're going to think this, but I feel like we could be in a better position if different parties play their part. I feel like it's not only Roy Hodgson, but of course, he's a manager and his tactics at times do cost us, but at times they actually help us. You saw against Man City, for example, got a point against City away from home. That's that's massive. But then you go to the next game against Southampton, tactics, same tactics, and it doesn't work out. So happy with our, with our position, but still feel like there are improvements to be made. Yeah, I'm happy with where, we, like you say, where we are in the league and that we seem to be a more established Premier League club now, which is very good. Mm. Um, it's, you know, hopefully he's going to be, uh, we're going to stay in the Premier League for a, for a couple of more seasons as well. Um, but overall, I'm not particularly happy because I don't think we're really moving in the direction that I thought we would have done in six years ago. I thought the stadium would have improved. I thought, you know, facilities would have got better. Um, I thought that we would have had more money in from uh, the American owners that we could, you know, um, improve the squad by bringing more quality. I don't think that's really happened. Um, I think there's there's still quite a long way to go. But overall, I can't say that I'm not happy. Um, Roy, yeah, it's a difficult one because the, the perform- performances can be a, a bit a bit boring um, to say the least but then again it's it's up and down with Palace and I think it always has been to be honest with you So you just mentioned a few of your gripes a few of the things that you're not happy about with Palace at the moment where are you placing the blame for some of these issues? I don't know it's very difficult because we don't really get much information out of the club um, they're very reluctant to sort of um, say too much and I know why because I remember the owners used to come on the social media sites and do Q&As and then, you know, they would just get absolutely abused, wouldn't they? They they used to come on our our podcast. (laughs) Steve Patrick used to come on, well, back then, Homes Our Radio um, show and he would get... Well, I mean, we would get slated because we wouldn't ask him. To, but now, now he doesn't really. They don't as much. come on anymore. Yeah, do they? but no. I feel like in terms of the blame, I feel like if I had to pick one, I'd go at the American owners because right, okay. because Roy's actually come out publicly and has mentioned them. And since they've come to the club, what have they actually done? I'm not too sure. Of course, I don't know everything that goes on at the club um, as it all happens behind the scenes. But it's clear that they want out of the club, and right now we can see that they're not really funding the club as much and I feel like when it came to Steve Parrish even beforehand we would still manage to spend money but now that he hasn't got full control I feel like he's in a hard position himself because he can't make all the decisions on transfers and money's being spent so I feel like I'm leaning more towards American owners for the reason why we can't go on to the next step right now What do you want out of an owner? I want funding um, I want uh a bit of a connection with the club because I still feel like the American owners what I remember they were at the Burnley game away from home when Frank De Boer was at the club <laughs> but other than that I don't remember them being at a Palace game but every time I turn on my TV at night to watch the 76ers play at one of their teams they're always on the sideline there and Steve Parrish always makes travel there why can't they come once to Palace hmm. so I want to see them actually being involved with the club which I haven't seen by American owners What's your ambition for Crystal Palace then? Where do you want to see Palace? I mean, everyone can say, oh, winning the league. But mm-hmm. in re- realistic ambition, where what would you want to see the next stage of Crystal Palace being? So say the next five years. Yeah, so next five years, um, stability. But I'd like us to improve the ground. I'd like us to bring in more quality players. And I'd like us to, you know, make a real determined effort to actually sort of maybe try and um, win something um, whether it be you know trying to win a, a cup or maybe try and get into Europe somehow do you worry slightly that Stoke City could happen in that situation yeah we always see the um, the relation with Charlton for example people say about Kerbishley and what happened at Charlton there but 
honestly, if we give it a go and that happens, then let it happen. I mean, right now, it seems like we're not really happy as a fan base. You can see after the comments after the game where everyone's saying it's boring football. I've had enough. I don't want to watch this. I feel like if everyone's on the same page and it would work out. But right now, everyone isn't. That's why I still don't want the managers to change because bringing in a new manager in our current situation is not a good thing to do. Yeah, right now with Roy Hodgson, especially his comments about not knowing how, not having seen Cenk Tosin yeah. play. The last big time we've heard about that was when um, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson hadn't heard what was the Bebe, had never yeah. seen Bebe play and signed him. Do you think that could just be playing up for the cameras and maybe trying to push Dougie Friedman's role within the club? It could be. I mean, Dougie's brought in some decent players over the years. Um, but then I'm, I expect he's brought in some players that, were, that haven't particularly done yeah. well. Yeah, you know, you win some, racket. You, yeah. yeah off maybe yeah so so yeah. you win some and you lose some uh i find it quite strange that i still find it really strange that you know it appears that roy is saying well i had nothing to do with this player that's coming in and you think well hold on you're the manager here you're going to be playing this guy so surely you've got to be involved just one final point um i feel like he's 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 around 72 years old 70 years old i feel like he hasn't got the time to be training and scouting players so i understand his view of not being able to watch players so I, I don't really blame him uh, for not being able to know all the players. All right, guys, that's all we got time for. That was the Crystal Palace fan show on Love Sport Radio. Thanks to DR and James from the Back of the Nest podcast for joining me. Just to let you know, Norwich have equalised at Tottenham and Burnley have gone 1-0 up at Man United. Uh, Chris Wood with the goal. Bristol City fan show next with Charlie Hawkins. Miles Blumson here. This is Love Sport. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.